Welcome back, everybody. This is November 4th. How's your day going, America? Uh, I, I know that I had a sleepless night uh, because all I could do is just is dream about the election coverage. Uh, I dreamt all sorts of scenarios. Finally, you know, I kept on waking up. Finally woke up at like five something. I had to look at my phone because I needed to see, you know, where things stand. Uh, still undecided in a lot of areas. Then I used all of the techniques that I know of in order to get myself to go to sleep and get a few more hours in. <clears throat> so it's been a rough, you know, rough night, rough morning for me. We're going to talk to a wonderful actor, Matt Meinsen, who you probably know from Madam Secretary. Uh, I know him from Madam Secretary, although he's been in a bunch of other uh, places that we're going to talk about. So, uh, Matt, uh, how's your morning? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm still on the evening. The, the bright side is at least you woke up because I've pretty much done the run. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So you didn't get any sleep at all? Yeah, it's, it's been a long, long night. But it's then again, you know, and I can say this because anybody who follows me knows my standard. It's been a long four years. So. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, Even a longer last one. Yeah, everybody that follows me knows my standing as well. So, uh, yeah, listen, I, the only thing that I kept on going back to thinking that I'm going to talk to you this morning is, God, I wish Elizabeth was on the ticket. I really, I really wanted, wanted to vote for Elizabeth. Our, our writers were so much better than these writers. I can't yes. even begin. And that's, yeah. Uh, although in Madam Secretary, the, the part that I truly, truly enjoyed, and, you know, I talked to Francis and, uh, and Mike about this, oh, is that, um, yeah, they're, they're amazing. <clears throat> uh, for me, it was, it was kind of this outlet, right? Because you see all the horrible stuff that's happening in the world. And then on Madam Secretary, you see that scenario also being played out, but you can actually resolve it and do something about it. And finally get to a point where you feel good about the situation. And for me, the show kind of became that alternate reality that I wish I was living in, as opposed to you know where we were and where we are as a society. So I am really bummed that uh, Madam Secretary is no longer on the air because I lost kind of that, that hopeful uh, state that I was going back to. Well, you know what it is, is, is not only the fact that um, they, they gave you that resolution that you don't necessarily right. get in your life, but there was hopefulness in the way that you got to see these people as people and got to see them with their family and, yeah. and, and to get to understand the fact that these people have to make decisions on a daily basis that the majority of the world, the vast majority of the world, couldn't even begin to comprehend the, the level of the decisions they have to make and then still manage to go home and live that somewhat normal life with a family. So they, they did an amazing job um, writing it from both sides that way. Yeah, that's, that's, I think, how I got hooked on the show is because it was so focused on family. Yeah. Uh, it was the job and family. And it was, uh, they tried to keep a really kind of delicate balance and show as much of the reality. Uh, and the heart was the family. And that was kind of the driving force. And I, I mentioned this, you know, I mentioned it to Francis. I mentioned it to Mike. I'm going to mention it to you that uh, if, if Tim, uh, Tim, if you're watching, I am a far better husband because of you. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's amazing because again, my wife is a CFO. 
She is the, you know, she's the powerful woman. Uh, she's the one that has a ton of, um, you know, people kind of depending on her and the decisions that she has to make, uh, you know, for the financial sake of the company. So I see all of the stuff when she comes home and I see how people perceive her and then I see how she is on the other side of her. So like the whole dynamic of, of uh, Tim and Elizabeth, uh, well, Tim, you know, the Tim's mm-hmm. character and, uh, and Elizabeth McCord's, the McCord's uh, family is kind of playing out in my reality. So when my wife is dealing with impossible choices, uh, I go back to, you know, how did, uh, you know, uh, what would um, Tim Daly do? <laughs> yeah, it, it basically became like, okay, I, I need to really be supportive here and I need to uh, kind of uh, be the advice, uh, you know, when asked for one. So that yeah. the show you know, worked for me on so many levels. It's, it's oh, yeah. definitely in my, it's, it's in my top 10. I don't know if it's like number six or anywhere, but it's, it's, it's in my top 10 and we'll continue. Yeah, well, you know what it is? is I think, I think um, any husband has to, has to interact that way uh, with their wife, obviously, and vice versa. But um, I think that um, with the uh, disparity, obviously, in this country and the way women in a business situation are treated as opposed to the way men in a business situation are treated, um, I think the way that uh, Tim handled that, uh, that particular character is, uh, and obviously the way that that character was written, yeah. Uh, a good go-to for most husbands in this country. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. Um, so you did, you know, I think 19 episodes of, of Madam Secretary, and uh, you actually played uh, a few characters there. It wasn't just one character, which, which is cool. But how did that project uh, come about for you? You know what? It was a background job. Okay. It was, back- it was background work. Um, and um, while I, I don't know how many episodes I'm credited in, but um, mm-hmm. um, I think probably I didn't do anything in the final season because obviously in the final season she was she was voted president and yep. the DS agents stay with the secretary of state. So um, I was I was not involved in the final season, but in the first um, in the first five seasons, mm-hmm. I would say, I, I, you know, if you factor in the background work as well as the the principal work I was probably in well over a hundred episodes I would think I mean I make an appearance somewhere you know but uh, yeah it started as a uh, as a background job and through the uh, you know through God good graces and when I say I when I say God I mean Morgan Freeman and Barbara Hall and, uh, and uh, Laurie McCreary and Sam Hoffman and Eric Stoltz and uh, all the rest of the amazing producers uh, let alone the, the writers who were so good to me over the years um that uh it just uh it turned into a little something more and uh they gave me uh they gave me a really good run and a, and a pretty fun character arc yeah it, it was great and uh I, again it just kind of uh because some shows uh that you really want to be on it doesn't it doesn't really matter what you're doing you just want to be on those shows <laughs> so like you know uh, west wing is one of those for me which uh, is my favorite yeah. show i I would not care, uh, you know, if I was the chair that somebody was sitting on. I just <laughs> want to be there. Uh, so, you know, you being in all of these episodes, uh, you know, whether background or principal, you mm-hmm. got a chance to really just kind of be there, live there, breathe it, observe it. And yeah. I want to ask you about that experience of, you know, that's uh, you've been on, you know, Blacklist, and you've been on Americans, and you've been on, you know, uh, the following. You've been on a bunch of uh, shows, but you've been most on Madam Secretary. 
what were you able to observe uh, as an actor that said, okay, you know, I'm definitely going to be doing this. This I had no idea about. Like, what was the process from uh, from the acting perspective? Well, you know, it's um, I started out um, as many people do, um, mm-hmm. local theater, community theater. Um, I did twenty some odd years of that while you know living the normal life, wife and kids and, you know, family obligations and that kind of stuff. But I used the theater to kind of keep my sanity because that was always what I loved. Um, when I finally decided to pursue it professionally, yeah. um, I knew that I was going to have to, uh, there's a vast difference between acting for stage and acting in front of a camera. Right. Uh, camera sees absolutely everything and audiences don't necessarily <laughs> do that. So, um, Getting involved in things like, um, to, to break in a little bit, to get involved in things like background work and things like photo doubling, especially photo, double, um, photo doubling and stand-in work, you can learn an awful lot about how everything works on a set. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like, it's while, you know, it's, it's not considered acting, it's amazing on-the-job training. Mm-hmm. And it's a good way to learn the camera, to learn... Um, how things are done on the set and about that playing to the camera that is the difference between the stage work and the film work going on to madam secretary you know you have to realize that when i got the job like i said it was just another they called me from background casting and said you know we've got a new show and uh, you know do you want to work on the work on the pilot they brought me in as a photographer for a scene in the first episode. Now, if you, if you remember, I don't know if you remember the very first episode of this series, but there's a, a very big scene with uh, an African king and all of his wives and Taya's going down and naming all of the wives. And I watched her do this 15 times, but they asked me to play a photographer just in the press, which is what you know, I did. And if you, if you watch that scene, you'll see me in the background with the camera. But as they were filming it, the producer said, or the director rather, said, um, she doesn't have any security here. So he was walking down and the director was, you know, for me, a little guy, you know. He came up and he saw me and he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm a cameraman. He looked at me, he goes, and then he looked at Taya and went, like this and Taya went you know like this is a no-brainer I was in a suit they said okay go stand over there and you know that's that's the kind of thing that can happen where it just turns into something that it wasn't supposed to be the show got picked up they called me back they said they want you to come in and do security and off we went wow you know but when you walk onto a set like that you don't know especially on a pilot you don't know what's gonna happen you think you're just there for a day gig but yeah. then when you're dealing with showing up on a set and you see it's being produced by Laurie McCreary, it's being produced by Morgan Freeman, Sam Hoffman, mm-hmm. um, and just this amazing, amazing um, writing staff. I'm a very big fan of, um, thanks to my daughter, my daughter's an enormous fan. Um, I watched a lot of Castle mm-hmm. and we had a lot of the writers. A lot of the writers. Um, And of course, you know, when your showrunner is is Barbara Hall, 
So you walk onto a set like that as the newbie, you know, that I, that I was not in acting, but as in being honest, being on sets and being um, in a, a forward position to say, um, and you see those kinds of people, you can, you can either be intimidated, which to begin with, I absolutely was, uh, or you can understand that you're in a position where you're about to learn a whole lot about the business. Um, and then when you're dealing with somebody like Taya, who you can go an entire career and you're not going to have a number one like Taya. Um, she is a one of a kind in every possible way. Um, so it really, that said, I mean, I don't know what uh, Francis and Mike spoke about with you. I haven't seen their episodes, but I will guarantee you that both of them probably said it was one of, if not the best sets that they ever worked on. Absolutely. Yep. Um, top to bottom from, from the, from the crew members to the cast members, to the producers, you won't find sets that operate the way that set operated. Yeah, um, you, you're completely correct. Both of them said the same thing. Uh, they said that it was a family, uh, that the crew, uh, I think most of them stayed for the entire series. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The vast majority, yeah. Yeah, and they, they both were raving about Taya. Uh, Francis was saying that a lot of the work, because he had a lot of scenes with, uh, with Taya one-on-one, um, a lot of those scenes, it was Taya specifically saying, you know what, I'm going to go, you need to stay, the camera needs to be on you because yeah. that's the right thing for the character. So again, being that number one who gives uh, somebody else the opportunity to be the last uh, person seen, you know, that speaks to the lack of ego and that speaks to what's right for the show. But both of them were just raving about how great the whole experience was. Yeah, I can't, I can't begin to tell you how, how giving Taya is. But both, not just as an actor, but as, as, a, as an individual. Yeah. She's very, I mean, she's there for, for everybody all the time, behind the scenes, on the set. You know, she's really, she's really an, an amazing example of the, the best type of person in this industry. Um, and, you know, anybody who works in the industry knows that's not always the case. <laughs> so um, she, is, uh, she is, without a doubt, um, an amazing individual. And uh, she's, um, you know, I used to joke around um, how many times I would have been fired probably from that set if it wasn't for Taya. <laughs> Really, I, I I used to I used to say the only thing keeping me around was Taya. Like she's in the because I'm a I'm a talker. I'm a loud mouth. I'm a joker. I get a little blue, you know. And if things aren't going my way, I can also be a, a pain in the ass, to be honest. Mm -hmm. But um, she, I always knew I had Taya behind me like Caesar, you know. <laughs> Keep him, you know. That's that's great. She never gave me one of these. She always gave me one of these. So no, no, off with his head. Uh... <laughs> No, no. <laughs> but, Probably saved me on several occasions. That's that's very nice of her. Um, I, I, I will come back to uh, to the show uh, a few times, I'm sure. But uh, you mentioned stand-in. Uh, you had a chance to uh, to be a stand-in for Vince Vaughn. 
in uh, Delivery Men, which I really enjoyed. Uh, that was that was a great uh, great film, um, and I'm sure that's not the only stand-in work that you have done. So, uh, how you know did you get to interact uh, with Vince? Uh, what is he like on set? Um, I have uh, I have interacted with Vince. Yes, um, I was on that set. Probably, I mean, if you look at hours and stuff, I was probably on that set more than any other actor there because it was. I want to say it was a. Um, I want to say it was about a 35 day shoot. Uh, and I was there um, for 35 of them. The only, the only thing was I missed the, uh, I missed actually missed the last few days because we were shooting when we were shooting um, Sandy hit New York. Uh, okay. And we had, we shut down production for a few days. We actually, um, when we started production back up, we were inviting neighborhood people to come and plug in and stuff because all the, all the lights in downtown Manhattan were still out, but we had, generators and everything so we were feeding people on the set and everything else the cast was great about that um i did interact with um with vince obviously a bit um he's um look he's he's been doing it a long time um so i think you know vince has um vince has expectations of a way a set should be run um and people around him run it that way he's um you know if something is not going right on the set he's gonna let you know it um, but he's, um, you know, with the rest of the cast, um, you know, we obviously on that particular movie, we had a whole bunch of kids, <laughs> a whole bunch of kids, kids just yep. starting out, kids playing their first role. Some have already gone on to some very big things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, he was always, you know, he was always working with them, you know, always helping them out. Um, the, I'll tell you the, the, what I really loved on that set and, um, somebody who I'll, I'll, uh, I'll show loyalty to for the rest of my life just because of, you know, again, it goes to the, the type of people you meet in the industry. And when you meet a good one, it's you, you, just a really good person. Mm-hmm. They stick with you. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you that uh, Chris Pratt was on that film. And um, obviously just before he became Chris Pratt, you know, <laughs> but, uh, uh, what a wonderful guy. What a wonderful guy. Um, really tough. To, and, and, and we had, it was a really, good cast to uh, interact with on a regular basis because everybody was pretty level-headed. You had Chris Pratt, you had Kobe Smulders, who's an absolute doll. Um, You had um, Simon Delaney, uh, who, if you're not familiar with him, is uh, an Irish actor um, and uh, just an absolute wonderful guy. Uh, I mean, it was a really great cast in general. So, Hang around with them was good. It was my first real long um, commitment to a project. Um, most of the stuff I'd done before that was a day here, a day there. You know, most actors' jobs, you know, one day here, one day there. But that, when you, when you commit to something for a month and a half, that was really the first time that I got to sit and really take in the whole set vibe, you know, and how things worked and, you know, how to, how to, uh, look at the producers and the ADs and see how they handle specific situations, whether it be dealing with, you know, the star, dealing with the background, dealing with all the things that they have to deal with. Um, and that, that in and of itself is an education. Yeah. Um, for those people who are not familiar, can you tell them what, you know, aside from it sounds like you're standing in for, for somebody, what does it mean? What, uh, what is your role? Because when you're standing in, you're not just standing there. There, there is no. a- <laughs> no. um, your, your job is to be there um, your job is to be there when the actor is not 
uh, or when the actor can't be. Uh, obviously, in between um, takes, actors we have to we have to learn lines. We have to you know refresh our things. It's not always easy, especially in film and television, where you're shooting out of order and you've got to got to refresh yourself as to where you were at that given point from the piece that you either haven't shot yet or you shot three weeks ago um, to determine that kind of, you know, where you are in the moment. So actors are dealing with that. Obviously, if you're talking about somebody like Vince, um, there's, there's commitments and uh, obligations that go far beyond just what you're doing in front of the camera. So like, obviously he's got to deal with, you know, multiple producers or he is a producer and he's got to deal with that side of the business. He's got to deal with, you know, represent representatives. He's got to deal with media. He's got to deal with all these different things. Mm-hmm. So there's there, people don't, uh, I think, realize the amount of obligations, especially that a, that a bigger star um, has in the industry. It's why when you look at the credits, you'll see they have, you know, three assistants, hairdressers, everything else. There's just so much to deal with. Um, but basically you're there to, you know, when they're setting the lights um, and the, the actor can't be there, you'll be there for the actor. If they need to work out, uh, uh, you know, one of the other actors might need to, I would run lines with Chris Pratt if he needed me to. And, you know, because Vince couldn't be there at that particular moment or, um, you know, anytime they resetting the cameras, resetting, whether it just be for Vince to read his lines or whether it be for him to get a break or whatever it might be. Yeah. And when they're shooting uh, coverages, right? So, I mean, Vince, uh, it could be an over the shoulder, uh, you know, type of shot. Uh, Vince doesn't necessarily have to be there, you know. Yeah. I mean, there's generally speaking, I've, I've found that I personally, um, most actors in my experience want to be there for that. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's not, that's not to say that it hasn't happened. I've had, um, I've had times, especially photo double work, obviously is something else entirely because photo double work, that's exactly what you're there for to, to be the back of the head, to be, you know, the guy standing looking over the city or getting into the car back, you know, 1500 times from a distance because the actor's knee is killing him or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas with the, the stand in work, when you're dealing with that kind of stuff, I know myself personally, most of the actors I've, I've been fortunate enough to work with, you'd like to be there in the scene for the other actor. Um, and I think um, any actor who's, you know, really understands um, the complexities of, of dealing with the scene. And again, everything that the camera sees, mm-hmm. you know, it's a benefit to the other actor, in my opinion, to be there for them. Completely agree. Absolutely. Um, the, going back to, uh, to Madam Secretary and kind of, uh, some of the you know amazing uh, stuff that uh, happened there. I know that they travel as well, right? So the show uh, went and they shot uh, somewhere outside, you know, of the main location. Uh, <laughs> not, they, often. Huh? not often. Huh? Not often. Um, when you say travel, um, we did plenty of traveling, but I can tell you, I probably went to fifty countries in five years, and I never left New York City. Really? That's uh, well done because some. <clears throat> some, <clears throat> excuse me, some locations and some sets really looked like it was outside the country. Uh, oh yeah, no, um, we shot everything um, inside the New York area. There, there was one, uh, I want to say beginning of season four, maybe we did, um, uh, we did a few days. We went to, we went to Washington. Okay. Uh, we shot, we shot on location in Washington once. Aside from that, Pretty much everything you see. I mean, we use the same beach in Long Island for probably three or four different countries and just change it out the shrubbery. You know, we had an amazing um, set decorating crew. 
um, really, really top notch uh, as far as getting the the set uh, realism. Where the I had the fortune of um, that some other people like, uh, oftentimes Mike wouldn't have. Mike, his character was almost always on set. Yeah, uh, he was in the Oval Office. He was, you know, we had. Uh, I had the good fortune. I'd spend my days at the house set, but the vast majority of my stuff was on location. Right. And um, most of our shooting happened. It's Manhattan, Brooklyn, Long Island. Okay. Um, we did a bit, quite a bit in Queens, but um, we we were always we were always in New York, even when it didn't look like we were. We brought in the camel. <laughs> That's, okay, I stand corrected. I definitely thought that uh, that the show traveled. Thank you for uh, for letting me know that. Uh, it is it is a it is a testament to again to the crew of that show, how good everyone was at their job, how efficient they were at their jobs. I mean, you didn't work you didn't work a lot of long days. Um, you really, and when you did, it was just because you had one of those days. Something something happened that went wrong or whatever, and. That was it. But we had a, we had an amazing crew um, from the set decorating to the uh, hair and wardrobe, um, a, a list of directors that were just I mean, especially our regular directors, the ones who directed the most episodes. Yeah. Um, the first, Eric Stoltz, right. Rob Greenley. Um, Rob Greenley, I couldn't I couldn't say enough about. Same with Eric. Um, again, as good a people as you're going to meet, but efficient, know their jobs. I mean epitome of professionalism really really good that's awesome what um <laughs> you've been in so many episodes uh you know can you pick uh, a few favorites that uh, stand out to you oh yeah oh yeah um i mean obviously you know that's i'm an actor i'm gonna go to the ones that were best for me <laughs> yeah um i gotta tell you i had um i probably my favorite one I want to say it was season two, um, which I had an absolute blast shooting was, um, I think the name of the episode was higher learning. And, uh, it was about, um, her younger daughter, um, going to visit colleges. I remember. And, yep. And, uh, they obviously, she encountered some protesters yeah. who, uh, who obviously I have a problem with. And, uh, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And the reason it was a lot of fun for me because, was because it was really the first time that I got to play that interaction with the family. Mm -hmm. um, most of my work, obviously, for obvious reasons, was with Taya. Yeah. Um, the vast majority, if I had a scene, it was with Taya. Yeah. Um, so being able to have that, especially that last moment where they're, um, they're sledding, they go trace sledding yeah. down the the snow and everything and that scene um was just so much fun for me and it was it was we weren't faking it it was snowy it was miserable it was you know i'm tromping through six or seven inches of snow and dress shoes and having the time of my life i mean the the, the crew was probably looking at me like i was like i was nuts because i was they're like yeah, okay i'm like i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine i was having the time of my life it was such a fun scene such a great scene and such a it was really the first opportunity that I had as an actor to play a scene that allowed me to relate to something other than being the heavy. Right. 
You know, they really gave me an opportunity with that scene. My first scene, the first episode I did um, where I had something of significance, um, not just, you know, the one-liner yes, ma'am kind of thing, but um, the scene where um, there was an episode where the, the neighbors were complaining because the cars were always running outside the house. <laughs> that was my first bigger episode. And I was really, really upset because I had two good scenes in that episode and one of them got left on the cutting room floor. Yeah. And it was a really good interaction between Tay and I. Very funny, cute scene, quick, but good. And I really enjoyed doing it. And I uh, ended up on the cutting room floor, but again, amazing crew, amazing people. Um, they actually gave me access to the scene after the episode aired that I was able to put it online. So I kind of had this, uh, thanks to Eric Stoltz and Laurie McCreary, I kind of had the exclusive to this outtake that they gave me. Um, and it really, it was, it was a lot of fun to shoot. And that was really the first time that they said, all right, we're going to give you something substantial. That's very really cool. Um, yeah, uh, if you have it, uh, you know, please uh, let us know the link. We're going to put it below the video. So, uh, so, okay. so uh, that's, that's very cool. Um, <clears throat> speaking of kind of, you know, being the heavy, right? So uh, you, on the Americans, you played a KGB agent, uh, which, by the way, loved the Americans. <clears throat> I had a chance to talk to Lev Gorn. Uh, so, you know, that was... I was I was actually one of Lev's guys. <laughs> so I, I really enjoyed that show. I, could, I didn't finish it. I still have not finished it because <clears throat> remember uh, the, the episode in which uh, I think, I don't remember what season, but they, they broke into uh, to a factory and, uh, you know, the elderly woman who, uh, who was uh, doing accounting uh, at that factory, she was there and they had to kill her because she saw them. And that scene for me was so emotionally draining. I said, I, I, I'm getting PTSD. I can't do this to myself anymore. Uh, and I stopped. <laughs> I, I, he's just, it was too much. And again, you know, I, uh, I, I grew up in Soviet Union. I came here at 14. So uh, the fact that it was, you know, kind of Russian sleeper cell, and, yeah. you know, and you had this whole dynamic uh, between, uh, you know, the characters. It was really kind of interesting to me to uh, to watch being an American who is from uh, you know the Soviet Union. Yeah. Um, so I loved the, that show. It just it was too much. It, for me. it was it was a pretty intense show. I didn't. I never really got heavily into it. I watched. Um, it's funny, you know. The more you, more time you spend doing television, the less time you spend watching any television. Yeah. But um, I remember I watched, um, obviously, when, when they said, you know, do you want to do this bit? Um, I went and I watched some episodes. It, it was a very intense show. Mm -hmm. It was, but it was really, really well done. And obviously the cast was, the cast was top notch. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And so again, you kind of, you did the heavy there, right? So uh, I get a lot of heavy. I get a lot of heavy. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, Blacklist, uh, right? Another show that I had to stop watching because I was getting PTSD from it. Uh, you know, like you, you can't just, you can't mess with people's emotions, uh, you know, yeah. that much. It was, it's a fantastic show. It, yeah. it was, it was too much uh, for me. Yeah, and so, again, the cast is just the yeah. cast in these shows. Television has gotten so amazing the yeah. last. 10 years with um, the level of 
not just the, the actors involved, but the, the writers. The writers are just absolutely amazing in television right now. It's, and it's, uh, the shows just keep getting better and better. Yeah, television is where it's at. I mean, I, I fell in love with movies and that was my, uh, you know, my dream. Uh, that, that's me. Yeah. But television really kind of uh, started to take over uh, the last maybe 10 years or so with just incredible, yeah. incredible shows. Um, so being, you know, kind of the heavy in, in many different uh, things that you have done, is that kind of where your industry box is, where your type is, or that just... I don't, I don't like to put myself in a box. Um, when I did, when I worked, um, when I was doing stage work and stuff, I was, um, I wasn't the heavy nearly as often. Mm -hmm. um, I, I did the romantic leading man. I did, um, I did shows like, uh, bent, which was just, um, emotional and draining and a very hard show to perform and a very hard show to watch. Um, but I also played, you know, I also did Dracula and I, you know, but while I was doing that, I was also, I would also do John Proctor in the crucible. And so I, I try not to put myself in that box, but again, once you get into film and television, you're going to be put in a box if, if the box is suitable for you. Um, so you do have to recognize um, what your type is, um, especially starting out yeah. and, and play to that type. So, you know, when I made my, when I made my promo video for my website, I had bad to the bone playing in the background and I, everything that I had, you know, video wise was, the heavy, the cop, the detective, the, the, uh, the Batman villain and the, you know, whatever, whatever footage I had at that point, because that's what I realized. This is, this is how they're going to look at me. I have those types of features. God knows I have that size. Um, so uh, I knew that was going to be the case. Um, but I can't complain about that because you know what? It's, it's got me work. Mm -hmm. um, they are oftentimes some of the most fun characters uh, to play. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I've gotten pretty good at playing them. Uh, I've, I've eliminated the, the main mistake I used to make when playing the heavies, particularly on stage and stuff, and that was um, playing them as the heavy. Biggest mistake you can make. Right. Um, you really want to be a good heavy? Don't judge them. Don't judge them, because they wouldn't judge themselves. Mm -hmm. you know, so... From an acting standpoint, they're a lot of fun to play. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, what's what's kind of been going on? I know you know COVID time uh, hit, so there's not a ton of projects. But uh, where where is your career going? What have you seen in terms of trends uh, uh, emerging? Well, I mean, like you said, uh, for the last few months, there right. haven't been a whole lot of trends. Um, I've actually. Um, taken more to working on some i think a lot of people have working on some projects myself mm -hmm. um the uh, availability of projects obviously for months there was nothing right. um, now things are starting to open up again but they're still with covid limitations and everything how much work is there really when they say you know we can have this many people on the set by the time you remove the director the camera people the sound guy and everything you got three actors available to you before you're before you've met the limits you know so there's not a lot of work out there but i think uh in today's uh business with um 
streaming and internet and everything else, there's so much opportunity for people to, to kind of go ahead and do their own thing and get themselves out there. Um, and it's, it's never a bad thing, you know, and, and I've had a couple people, you know, cause I will occasionally, uh, somehow somewhere along the way I've turned into one of the old guys. <laughs> so I will get a lot of, you know, young kids, you know, starting out asking me things and I'll tell them, look, do your project, write it, film it, act it, get your friends to do it with you, put it out there, you know, put it out there. Don't be afraid mm -hmm. to, to fall on your face. Don't be afraid because you might not. And even if you do, you know, the one thing you, you can learn pretty quickly uh, in this business is you're never going to please everybody. Half the people are going to love you. Half the people are going to hate you. Mm -hmm. the only thing that matters is do they remember you sure. and if they remember you i mean I'll, I'll give you an example i did a i did a short film years ago and the producer of this short film and i were cats and dogs oil and water i mean we despised each other despised each other to the point where we finished shooting the the short and it was basically he cursed out me i cursed out him it was f you f you and we're gone you know and that's it never to see each other again i'm never unbelievable we we hated each other mm -hmm. about two years passed and i got a phone call and it was him and i said what the hell do you want he said listen i know you and i don't get along but we're doing another short film and I'm reading the script and I'm reading the character and I'm saying to myself, this character's a jerk. I know this jerk. I worked with this jerk. Do you want to read it? I said, yeah, send it to me. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to, you can't get offended at that kind of thing. We knew we didn't get along. He thinks I'm a jerk. I think it doesn't matter yeah. because what matters is the, the product and the project. Yeah. And he sent me the script. The script was great. I loved it. I said, yeah, I'm in. We did that short in two days. I don't think it ever saw the light of day, to be honest with you. Mm. But to this day, we're good friends. Because we realized the second time around, we have a lot of differences in how we approach things. Mm. But the result we want is exactly the same. And once you come to that realization with somebody, you, you realize you have more in common than, you, than, than not. Yeah. And, so, you know, you never know what the project is going to be that sends you on your way or what the project is going to be that introduces you to the individual who 20 years later will give you the project that sends you on your way. You just don't know. So the best thing you can do is um, work with a tough situation. Pandemic, you're not going to get a much tougher situation. So you need to, um, at this point, I think, doing your own thing. I've been working on a couple of different writing projects. One actually with a, with one of the crew members from, from Madam Secretary, um, which I can't really go into detail on because I promised him I wouldn't, but um, it's, I'm actually pretty excited about it. I think if we do it right, it, it could be a lot of fun. Good luck on that. Absolutely. Please keep us, um, you know, keep us posted. Uh, hopefully it, it happens. We can have you on uh, to discuss it. Um, that's very, very cool. All right. So uh, last question for you. Um, after doing this, you know, for a while, doing stage and then getting into film and, and TV, 
you know, is there one particular thing that drives you uh, to continue doing it? Uh, it's a little bit going to be a little bit of a long drawn out answer, but huh? I'll, I'll give it to you. So I, I mentioned earlier that I did um, 20 plus years of retail management. And, uh, you know, I look back and I, I, I say, you know, I, I wanted to act when I was 18, 19 years old, you know. Um, but I made other life decisions. Um, I chose to, you know, I, I met my wife, um, got into the business aspect, the retail aspect and everything. I was making pretty good money, did that. And um, I did that for, for 20 plus years. And I sometimes, you know, I'll look back and say, if I had started my acting career then, I think I'm pretty comfortable saying that I'd be pretty far along right now and where, where I would be as opposed to where I am in this industry. Um, not as a regret, but just more of a curiosity, you know. Um, but had I not made the decisions that I made, I wouldn't have the personal life that I have now and I wouldn't trade those two for anything. The reason I say that is because um, having, I did a couple of shows and they ended up going fairly well. I got good reviews. I got some awards for them, <clears throat> Bent being one of them. And uh, I was pushing 38, 39 at the time. And my wife came to me and she said, you know, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time. So in the middle of a pretty bad recession, this is going back to, you know, that time, 2011, 2012, mm. uh, quit a really good paying job um, to pursue something that nobody at that age <laughs> has the right to go ahead and pursue with any expectation of success. And the reason I did it was because at that point, my daughters were maybe eight and five. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it wasn't at that point, I'd want to be a movie star. I want to be an actor anymore. Like it was when I was 18, 19 years old. It was, I would really love to wake up in the morning, be happy, love what I do. And just be able to support my family doing it. But most importantly, it was for my kids to see me pursue what I wanted to do with my life, to pursue my dream, pursue my craft, pursue uh, what I feel I was meant to do in the hopes that eventually they'll do exactly the same thing. And if I didn't do that, I felt like I was doing a disservice to them. So that's, what drives me knowing that if my career were to go no further than it already has, my kids saw me try and I'll keep trying and I'll keep trying and I'll keep trying and I'll keep pushing and I'll keep, I'll keep hustling for that next gig like every other actor and everything. Not because um, I'm looking for fame or fortune or any, any of that kind of thing. To be perfectly honest, they can keep the fame. I've seen it up close. You can have it. <laughs> you can have, I'll take the fortune. You can keep the fame. Um, but most importantly that my kids see me do it. And hopefully, you know, they're getting a little older now. They're in high school and stuff. So hopefully over the next couple of years, they'll be, they'll be pursuing theirs right alongside me. So. I, I get it. 
Yeah, I, I get it. Uh, I, I similar story, right? You know, got married. I uh, have a beautiful wife and uh, and two kids, and <clears throat> always thought of myself as an actor, and always kind of kept you know nibbling, uh, but. In Chicago, uh, you know, with the, with the, the secondary market, with the kids, with the expectations, with yeah. other things, you know, IT consulting was paying me a lot of money. I quit mm -hmm. in order to pursue it, and this inconsistency of everything and not being able to fully, you know, kind of uh, immerse myself—it's um, been tough. And uh, but when you said that I want the kids to see. Uh, me pursuing my dream that's one of the reasons why I did it and the kids are seeing it and uh, the kids are seeing that you know during COVID I started the show and now we're on episode 104 um, in, in you know five months uh, time the it's important to us parents <clears throat> to show the kids that we're not just telling them hey you can achieve anything and it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to succeed to the level that you expect, but not trying is not the right thing to do. So right. show them a real life example of this is hard, this yeah. is different, but you have to keep on trying. I think that you know uh, we've we've achieved. My son uh, is is my biggest fan. He keeps on talking uh, to everybody <laughs> about me. You know he's he's my you know PR. He's that's what it's all about. I mean, you know, and when, when you know, we've raised the kids with, um, with, with a couple of mantras, you know, the first one being that it's better to aim high and miss than aim low and achieve. Right. Yeah. Just go, just go for it, you know, go for it. What, and the worst that's going to happen is you don't get there, but you'll probably get a lot farther than you would have had you not tried. And the second one is if you love what you do, You'll never work a day in your life. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't. I haven't worked in nine years. <laughs> I haven't worked in because you know, even on days where I'm complaining, where I'm on set, and it's, I, I tell them all the time, you know, I work me for two hours, work me for twenty-two hours. Just don't work me for eight hours. <laughs> you know, that's 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 a, that's a, that's a money thing. Any union actor will be able to tell you, yeah, don't don't work me for. Hours, work me for two, work me for 22. Yeah. But in the reality of the situation, any day that I wake up and I'm going to set, it's a beautiful day. A beautiful day. It doesn't get any better than that. To, to, to really, and that's one of the things that gets me about a lot of people in the industry, um, especially uh, some of the established ones, because like anybody, like anyone, we're human. It becomes a job. Yeah. And, um, People, I think, who have been doing it a long time and doing it regularly for a long time um, can sometimes take it for granted and forget how lucky we are to be able to work with not just doing what we love, but with other people doing what they love, with creatives, with writers, with actors, with set designers and makeup artists and, and, and wardrobe artists and so many, but the key being artists. You know, we get, we get to work with passion all the time. And that's that, how many people can say that? Right. That we're working constantly with people who are passionate or who are doing exactly what we just said. 
doing what they feel like they were meant put here to do that they were meant to do that they love and we get to work with those people all the time how do you how do you not appreciate that right it's it's swimming in those waters that's that's how i i kind of say those are my waters and i need to swim in them otherwise it it, they it just doesn't feel right (laughs) exactly right perfect well thanks matt i i really enjoyed meeting you i appreciate you coming on it was well. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Yeah, get some get some sleep. Uh, I'll I'll. I, and I still have to watch. It's like a train wreck. I can't turn away. I have to watch until I have answer. That's what they're going to be counting votes. Uh, I think the deadline is five uh, five p.m. on Friday. So they're going to yeah. be counting votes. You know, Michigan and Wisconsin. Maybe we'll know today. Probably. I, I hear Michigan and Wisconsin go the right way. They'll at least be able to get a nap. <laughs> <laughs> But, okay, get get naps. I know that I'll be doing that. Uh, I'll be doing that today. Uh, and you know, best of luck to you. Keep keep going for it. Uh, I I really appreciate what you're doing. Well, thanks very much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you, and thanks to everybody for tuning in. I hope you know you're able to get uh, rest and relaxation as all of us are waiting for the results. Um, please go check out uh, Matt's info. We're gonna have it right below the video. And uh, have a great day. You know, take care, everybody. Bye. Thank you.